You've probably heard that protein is the building block of the body. It's common knowledge that protein is an important micronutrient. But here's the problem. In a recent study, the World Health Organization found that more than 90% people don't know how much protein they need and more than 80% of the population does not get even the minimum, the bare minimum protein that it requires. Clearly, there is a problem and it needs to be addressed as soon as possible if we want to stay healthy, not only as individuals, but as a nation. In this episode of the Fitter Podcast, we'll be talking about the need for protein and how we, as a vegetarian country, can get adequate amounts of protein. We'll also bust some myths along the way. So let's get started. Hey JC, I will not say the usual line which is welcome to the podcast, but I will say you are obviously looking ripped and shredded. So I don't need to ask you, do you eat your protein? <laughs> yeah, of course I do. You do, right? Yes. Just a ballpark figure, how much protein do you eat in a day? Um, somewhere between 130 to 150 grams. grams. Yeah. Yeah. Now, That's like almost I, uh, 2 grams per kilogram of my body weight. Roughly. Wow. Slightly That's more a, than that. Yeah. yeah. Now, for a lot of people, I know they will think, Are, na protein, isn't that a little excessive? Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, we also know that most Indians are not getting enough protein. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, the World Health Organization said 80% of people don't yeah. even get the minimum, that is the RDA of uh, protein that is yeah. needed. Yeah. So what exactly is the issue? Is it only because we are vegetarian or is there some other issue that keeps us from getting enough protein? Well, being vegetarian definitely um, is, is one of the one of the problems. However, uh, the fact that people don't even understand how important protein is, because typically when you hear the word protein, mm. uh, it typically is associated with you know building muscles and bodybuilding. And for a general person who does not understand that food is basically macros and micros. They probably think of protein as something which is extraterrestrial. You know, it's not part of their food. It's like you yeah. ask them, hey, is there protein in your food? He's like, no, no, I eat normal food. I don't ghar eat protein. Ka yeah, ghar ka khana hai, I don't eat protein. They, mm. they don't realize that they are eating protein, mm. only a little bit of it. So I think majority of the issue comes, most of the issues come primarily because of the lack of awareness around protein. And... Uh, this whole misconception that protein is only needed if you're into exercising and all. Right. So I think first thing that people need to understand is that your entire body, every single cell, every single structure in your body, tissues, nails, organs, hair, skin, everything is made out of proteins. And proteins are made out of amino acids. And we have 20 different amino acids, which are classified into essential and non-essential amino acids. Essential being the ones that you need from food and non-essential being the amino acids that your body can make on its own. Okay. And most of the vegetarian diets that we follow, uh, they typically have poor bioavailability um, of protein, which means that the amount of protein that you consume does not adequately get absorbed in the system. Um, apart from that, they also kind of mess one or two amino acids, right? So that's also a problem. And then the quantity itself, mm. because people typically consume one katuri dal, which is like dal plus lots of water. It might right. be like 100 grams of dal, but in reality, there's like 20 grams of dal. There's bits of dal floating yeah, around. Which there. is like one or two grams of protein. Mm. And they think that they are consuming protein. So less than 10, 20 grams of protein is the reality for 
most of the Indians. Mm. So, multitude of problems, but I think at the highest level, what we can do is we can talk about how important protein is. Once people recognize the importance of protein, maybe most of the other problems can be tackled. Like you very rightly said, you don't need protein only if you go to gym. Uh, all of us have muscle, all of us have you know cells in our body and they need to be repaired. And the best way to do that is to actually consume enough protein. True. Can you tell us very briefly what exactly happens in the body when you have protein and what is this repair that you're talking about? Like I said, every structure in your body is made out of cells. Mm -hmm. Cells are made out of proteins, even enzymes, hormones, everything is made out of proteins. And protein is basically nothing but amino acids. Right? So your skin is, for example, made out of collagen, elastin. These are again proteins which are made out of amino acids. Mm. Your hair and your nails, for example, you'd heard about keratin, right? So you have different kinds of proteins. And basically we derive these proteins from the food that we eat. The amino acids, we get them from the food we eat. And so think of your body as a, as a building. Mm. And building is made out of bricks, right? In a similar manner, our body is made out of amino acids. And so over a period of time, there's going to be some sort of wear and tear, like in the walls of a building um, or any structure for that matter. In a similar manner, even our cells will weaken over a period of time. Right. And they will, the amino acids undergo a process of, like there's this a process called deamination and transamination, which is when the amino acids um, starts falling off, let's say in simpler words, right? Uh, and these amino acid structures need to be replaced by newer amino acids. Mm. Okay, so when you consume protein, these old cells, they kind of get replenished by uh, new amino acids and, they, and they, they kind of get repaired. That's, so they create new cells, repair the old cells and that's how that's life how it, continues. That's how it works. And mm. if you don't do that, the wear and tear continues and the cells which were supposed to, let's say, live for X amount of period, now they're going to live for slightly less amount of period because the repair was not done. Think of a car that you're driving. And when you take the car to the garage, the servicing extends the lifespan. Correct. Yeah. And if you don't do the servicing, the wear and tear will continue to happen. As a result of which, the lifespan of your car will decrease. You know, and over a period of time, it can also create newer problems, bigger problems. Got it. So essentially, protein, like you said, is what prolongs life. You stay healthier, your muscles repair, your cells repair, and life is extended. The It also kind of keeps illness at bay. Protein is extremely important. Mm. Uh, protein in itself cannot extend your lifespan, mm. but the lack of protein can definitely reduce lifespan. Right. Now, in a vegetarian country like you know, ours, uh, there's a very alarming statistic I remember reading a long time back is when in 1947, India became independent. Our average life expectancy was 32. Yeah. In the US at that time, it was around 65 or 67. Now, with the advancement of medicine and healthcare, it has come up. India's now uh, average lifespan is around 65 or 67. 67, yes. 67. For males, yeah. But somehow that has not followed a corresponding uh, improvement in many lifestyle parameters or health parameters, I would say. Uh, average height has not increased by much. China and Japan have actually increased their height by much more. Yeah. Uh, do you think protein is to blame or the lack of protein is to blame for this? Absolutely. I mean, lack of protein, lack of activity, mm -hmm. 
too much of comfort, um, too many lifestyle disorders, over a period of time, you're just, you know, becoming a weak being yourself. As a result of which, you're also kind of giving work to weaklings. Mm. Unfortunately, that's how the nature works. You know, it, it works through, you know, survival of the fittest, selection. It's, it's the basic fundamental uh, nature. And if you move towards comfort, obviously your body is only going to become weaker and weaker. Mm. To build a strong body, your body is going to create demand for more protein. Because if you are doing anything to become strong, which means that you're going to the gym, you're into sports, you're exercising, you're being active, there's going to be a disproportionately large amount of wear and tear when you compare it to somebody who's sedentary. Mm. Right? There's going to be a lot of wear and tear and that wear and tear needs to be repaired. So your body is going to create more demand for protein. You're not consuming protein, what is happening? First of all, the wear and tear is not happening. Second, even if the wear and tear is happening, you're not taking sufficient amount of protein. Right. What's happening is your body is basically like a structure which is, which is kind of crumbling. Um, yeah, crumbling before it's time. Mm. That's, that's what's happening. Mm. You mentioned the concept of bioavailability yes. and you said that, uh, you know, that determines how good or bad a source of protein is. Uh, I know this Partially. is slightly controversial because, you know, I know maybe a lot of vegetarians may say, Are, you know, why are you saying this? But isn't it true that vegetarian sources of protein are not as good as non-veg protein sources? because of this factor of bioavailability? So, there are two things. One is bioavailability and second is the amino acid profile. Mm. Okay? It is true that animal sources have a complete amino profile. Uh, different like you say, poultry, meat, eggs, mm. um, dairy. Mm. They all have complete amino profiles, right? which means that all the essential amino acids, nine essential amino acids are there. Correct. And uh, when you talk about a vegetarian source of protein bearing soya, all other vegetarian sources, they lack one or two amino acids mm. okay but that's not a big problem because see your body has a way to make amino acids from different amino acids so that's not really a problem mm. even if you let's say lack uh, one of the amino acids if even if you consume sufficient quantities of the protein internally your body can make that amino acid from different amino acids and that's 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 amazing you know because mm. your body never wastes amino acids um, but the biggest problem is bioavailability Mm. Bioavailability is basically a determinant of how much protein from a particular food gets actually absorbed in the body. So let's say if you are consuming 100 grams of protein from egg, all of that 100 gram protein from egg is going to get absorbed in your body. Which is okay? why egg has a bioavailability of 100. 100. It's a gold That's standard gold for protein. Standard. Yes. Yeah? But if you were to take it from let's say soy, soy is also by the way pretty good. Soy mm. is between 75 to 80 which is like slightly lesser than chicken or beef or any other uh, protein sources. So, soy, let's say, has 75% uh, bioavailability, which means that out of the 100 grams soy protein that you're taking, you are actually getting 75 gram protein absorbed in your body. Mm. But when it comes to legumes, lentils, grains, different kinds of cereals, that's where the biggest problem is, like 50%. And unfortunately, in India, that's, that seems to be the that most seems to be uh, the primary source, source of protein. protein. If somebody says, "Hey, I'm eating this bowl of dal, mm. which maybe has around 20 grams of this thing. A 20 gram dal is maybe two or three grams of protein, um, and bioavailable protein is maybe even less. Mm. So then, your so our bodies are starved of protein. It's we are not amazing. getting adequate amount of protein. As a result of which, what's happening is your structure is crumbling." Mm. And it then affects everything, not only your uh, height, it also affects your hair, your nail, your skin, everything, it affects everything. 
and it will continue to mm mm-hmm. i remember as a kid you know the there was something called the egg foundation of india maybe i've yeah. got the name wrong they said sunday sunday ho ya monday roz khao ande in my house we were allowed to eat eggs only on sunday one egg per week and that's <laughs> it you can't ask for any more eggs yeah. so growing up i remember you know uh, we are a pretty small short statured family mm. nobody is very tall in our mm. family i see kids today in my own family and they are like you know touching 6 feet mm. tall and mm. one of the main reasons factors is that they have adopted a slightly higher protein diet yeah i'm not saying that people should turn non vegetarian if yeah. you are vegetarian you stay vegetarian but for vegetarian people how can they get more protein can you give us a few tips well dairy is something which is acceptable in vegetarian families like even though i was uh my family is entirely vegetarian hmm. i'm also vegetarian now my wife is vegetarian daughter is not i'm <laughs> vegetarian but i eat eggs yeah um so dairy is fine so we are talking paneer and uh, you're curd talking and about paneer yogurt hmm and these things are fine they provide you a good profile with great bioavailability hmm um dairy would provide between 80 85% hmm that's not bad that's, that's pretty good actually, actually pretty good yeah and of course if you can eat eggs sure having couple of eggs mm. um is obviously good because egg is considered to be a complete food right you know you you get the right amount of fats you get the right amount of uh, amino acids and uh, yeah no carbs so eggs are actually pretty good yeah yeah um having said this if you don't want to eat eggs you can eat dairy um if you can't eat dairy then you have soya as your primary source of protein mm. everything else like lentils and grains and everything these can be secondary source of protein there is one source of protein which i have to mention uh, which i found out recently is uh, spirulina which is algae right right extremely good source of protein and uh, i'm not sure if we get it in india but if we can i think it's pretty good like very good profile and everything it's it's also because it's it's uh, basically an algae right right it's not a it's not like a dead thing it's a, it's a life it's a live organism it's a live organism mm-hmm. but spirulina is a very good perfect source of protein yeah it's a good source of protein people will probably want to know okay as vegetarians they don't want to turn non vegetarian nobody is advocating that at all yeah. but i've heard this concept of smart food combinations for vegetarians can you yes. tell us a bit about that so we can't fix the bioavailability problem but we can fix the amino acid problem by just combining right kind of foods so let's say you combine rice with uh, beans and somehow you have one amino acid missing in rice one amino acid missing in lentils but you combine them and suddenly you get all of your nine amino acids right so this is what a smart combination is and historically you know call it uh, like our eating choice or maybe you know the guys in the past were smart enough to figure this out but we've been eating dal chawal all along or even rajma chawal for that even rajma chawal right so rajma chawal is a pretty good full protein full amino profile in rajma chawal but just that you have to eat sufficient amount of it right now that we are talking of protein i have to ask you about the myths around protein mm-hmm. because i mean there are myths and then there are myths and for some reason protein is you know i mean you look online you search online the maximum number of myths that i found were about protein yeah. so i'd like to ask you one by one number one the most important thing you've already addressed that all of us do need protein the biggest myth i've heard is that protein damages your kidneys no protein does not damage your kidneys um 
basically what happens is and when people start taking protein um you know without realizing that high protein sources especially meats um are also high purine sources now purine is a substance that's found in your bodies mm-hmm. okay and it converts into uric acid okay okay so basically when you consume too much purine rich foods you end up with something called as gout or uh, uric acid problem right so you basically your body starts forming these crystals mm. and they are very very painful so because high protein foods sometimes are also high purine foods people instead of blaming purine they start blaming protein and they say protein is causing these problems so how can you flush your body so let's say you want to have a high protein diet or higher protein diet you just avoid high purine foods and it does not affect everybody mm. only affects certain kinds of people especially if people had like bad lifestyle mm. they're not taking adequate amount of uh, water you know like otherwise not everybody faces right. this problem. so you need to fix these other things don't just blame protein yeah just to remove high purine foods from your diet take protein from non purine rich food items so avoid meat mm-hmm. you know you can still take your protein from dairy you can still take it from soya you can still take it from um lean sources of meat like uh, fish and chicken right. and eggs those are fine so you can avoid high purine foods um typically red meat right yeah so you avoid them and uh, you know you don't face any issues mm. another thing is that uh, what happens is that uh, when you consume protein especially if you have a history of not consuming protein you need to have adequate amount of enzymes in your gut to be able to digest protein right right so there's different kind of um gut enzymes flora. like you have amylases you have lipases you have uh, proteases and these enzymes basically their primary structure is to take the food and when you take a food obviously it gets divided into your constituent macros and micros and their job is primarily to convert the protein into its constituent amino acids mm. so it's basically breaking down the food into respective amino acids and if you don't have sufficient amount of enzymes in your body and let's say you take fast absorbing protein um for example a whey scoop which is which is supposedly very fast absorbing whey protein but your enzymes are not interacting it for long enough mm. and because of it it will start causing uh you know bloating mm. because it's it's in a liquid form and uh you've just consuming lots of like 30 gram 30 grams of protein mm. you don't have sufficient enzymes uh, which might not be able to break down the protein and then it causes bloating and gas and there's a simple fix simple fixes are don't consume your protein in liquid form take it in a solid form so that it stays in your gut for a longer time without getting excited to like you know move out of your gut because then you are also consuming food hmm. right so uh, this this problem can be easily fixed like the whole gut related problem bloating and kidney related problems these are basically just uh problems associated with drinking protein rather than eating it uh then other problem is with having purine rich foods so right. avoid purine rich foods if you are worried about that and avoid drinking your protein right. eat it right talking of drinking proteins you know obviously i think you are talking of whey protein you know yeah. that we get in the market what is your take on whey protein supplements uh let's say a person says they can't eat too much protein right should they resort to whey protein would you advise that because one big myth that i keep hearing again is that whey protein is a steroid should be avoided at all costs no whey protein is a naturally occurring product of course it is processed like many other things uh in the world but whey protein is a naturally occurring substance when you 
basically make paneer out of milk mm. you know so that's basically it's the curded um thing which is left behind when you make right. paneer out that, of it that's, that that's a layer of water that layer of water out. that comes out that's basically whey protein so then that layer of water is basically processed to convert into a dry powder which mm. we refer to as raw whey mm. and then they add sweeteners flavors and different things to make it more palatable mm. and that's basically whey protein um and uh, whey protein is been in use for centuries and not in the process form that we use now but it has been in use for centuries right. um in the ancient times there used to be whey protein cafes um yeah, uh, yes i remember uh, season 1 yes, of the fit of podcast we discussed this and even uh, hippocrates he used whey protein for his patients for uh, improved recovery mm. right mm. and so whey protein it's in fact a part of your infant baby formulas also Yes. yes yes so the baby formulas that lactogen you, that for you, instance yes, i think yes. does contain whey yes they they do contain whey protein mm-hmm. right so whey protein has been used and continue to get used in many of the therapeutic things for recovery for muscle building mm. and even patients in the hospitals they do get whey protein especially if they are facing sarcopenia mm. right so whey protein is a very good food it's a very good source of protein it's not a steroid it's a naturally occurring substance okay Having said that in India unfortunately most of the whey protein supplements are fake. Mm. There was a SHM report in 2015 which suggested that in India 60 to 70% supplements are fake. I'd say that number today is probably 80-90%. Really? Yeah. So one more reason why people might be facing all of these issues could be because instead of getting a genuine whey protein right now we have a lot of plants locally which probably get some very inferior quality of raw whey protein and that's what they are selling mm, mm. you know and that's why people are facing so many issues so whey protein in itself is not a problem the whey protein that you might be getting mm. is adulterated mm. that is causing the problem so you need to be very careful about where you are buying your whey protein from yeah, i don't i don't buy protein from india anymore well you know you're talking about the common man jc yeah, they, they they don't <laughs> have to either they don't have to either that's mm. why i tell that don't buy protein mm. try to consume protein from foods. your foods okay and look nobody is saying you have to consume 200 grams of protein or 150 grams of protein i consume because i'm an athlete okay i train very hard even if you're consuming 20 30 grams of protein mm. just by gradually improving it by 20% or 30% is going to do a lot of good for you that's actually the question i was going to come to you said initially that you're having 2 grams of protein per kg of body weight yeah let's say someone wants to slowly start increasing the amount of protein you need you also spoke about how you have gut enzymes that break down the protein yes. if you're not used to eating protein then maybe you might yes, need to yes. ingest your body takes time to right. develop so enzymes can you maybe give us a game plan you want to slowly increase protein and get it up to a normal level or maybe even, let's say 1 gram per body weight yeah. what is what are the steps a person can take okay so one of the things i also want to clarify is that i've been training for 24 years mm. okay and most of my life i have consumed protein mm. high amounts of protein there was a time when i was just eating eggs and spinach mm. yeah let's not get into <laughs> how dreadful it tasted or looked I can't even imagine but i was eating 18 whole eggs a day or oh, damn 18 whole eggs mm. today people say hey if i eat two eggs will it cause me heat and boils mm. it depends on where you are am i suggesting everybody to eat 18 whole eggs no but can you eat 18 whole eggs yeah it's possible when your body is adapted to build to that tolerance slowly over a period of yeah. time right yeah. same thing happens with caffeine for example a lot of people cannot have 50 grams of caffeine they will probably 
start getting palpitations. <laughs> I take 200 milligrams of caffeine every single day mm. as my pre-workout, right? So you have to assess your tolerance. And basically when we are talking about tolerance, do you have sufficient amount of bacteria? Do you have sufficient amount of enzymes in your gut? That's basically what it boils down to. Think about somebody getting an allergy. Mm. What is an allergy? You know, your body is not able to recognize or break down a foreign substance mm. or, or a substance which it treats like it's a foreign substance. I can munch peanuts. Somebody can touch peanut and they'll suddenly go into, you know, like they'll, they'll develop hives and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They'll probably end up in a coma. Mm. So we have to first understand that our body is a very complicated network. You know, there's just like so many things happening inside the body. You have to figure out what works best for you. Mm. So now coming to the game plan. Mm. If you are somebody who's never had high amounts of protein or even let's say decent amount of proteins, let's say your protein consumption was below 30 grams per day. Okay. Okay. So instead of jumping for a one gram per kg of a body weight, this is the idea from ICMR. Mm. So ICMR says that, hey boss, come say come at least one gram per kg of body weight, kam se kam itna karo. Mm. Mm. Because typically when I say ki, hey, it's one gram per kg of your body weight, that's the ICMR recommendation. They say, wasn't in one gram per pound of body weight. I said, that's the RDA. Right. This is what the ICMR has recommended for Indians. Mm. Recognizing well enough that one gram so per pound of body weight is 70 kilos, he needs 70 grams of protein. Minimum. 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 That's yeah. the ICMR guideline. Ki itna to kam se kam consume karo. Minimum. Right. So if you are consuming, let's say, 30 grams of protein, mm. start consuming, let's say, 40 grams of protein. Still possible from your vegetarian diet. Correct. You know, after a few weeks, see how you feel. And chances are that you will feel better. Mm. Because any amount of protein is going to affect your hair, your nail, your skin overall structure. Protein is also very filling, you know, it makes you it feel is. like it makes you full. It makes meal. you full. Mm. Yes. Um, then increase it to gradually 50 grams. Mm. Then increase it to 60 grams. And take one one week gap. If you are young, probably you can just make it 70 grams if you don't face any issues. But if you are somebody who faces issues, then this would be the ideal scenario that increase the protein gradually. A lot of people don't face any issues, mm. but some people do face issues. Whenever they try to increase, let's say one scoop of protein or let's say 20-25 grams of protein, if they add uh, from, let's say, consuming 30 grams of protein, suddenly they move to 70 grams, they start facing uh, digestion issues. And that's because the body does not have uh, the necessary enzymes or sufficient amount of enzymes, hmm. right? So increase gradually, allow your body to uh, adapt to it, you know, increase the quantity of proteases in your body, right. and then you'd be fine. Hmm. I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to run to the market and buy soya chunks. But then there's something that's going to come up and pop up and make them think again. Another rumor, another big myth that soya increases your estrogen. Mm. And if you're a guy, it's going to lower your testosterone. And therefore, soya should be avoided. You're saying soya is completely fine to eat. Yeah, so I, even if you remove my personal biases because I consume soya on a regular basis, you look at the studies, most of the meta-analysis have vindicated soya. Mm. They have suggested that soya also has beneficial effects against your uh, cardiovascular incidence and also um, against testicular cancers. Okay, so I personally feel that there's unnecessary, you know, bashing mm. against soy from certain people. Probably those are the guys who are into supplements and they want people to consume more whey protein. Yeah. Because soy is pretty cheap, right? And it's like almost 50 grams, 50% protein. Right. So even if you... You're not going to get much of a commission from the soya industry if you promote them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, 
I mean, soya is pretty good and everybody can afford it, right? Mm. Without relying on uh, any sort of external supplements. It's also rich in um, arginine, right? So arginine is also a supplement that you get. So mm. it improves your blood nitric oxide levels. So it's also high in arginine. It is also rich in a lot of, uh, you know, uh, vitamins and minerals. Yeah. So soya in general, like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty fond of soya in general. It's pretty good. Now, just to wrap things up, you know, uh, is there something you'd like to see the government doing at a policy level to improve the way, the, not just the lifestyles, but the eating habits and to make sure that Indians are not malnourished, but they actually get adequate nutrition? I'm actually pretty happy with the current government, the way they have implemented the whole, uh, like how they have implemented the entire policy around. Uh, and ICMR has become pretty uh, active. Now mm. they are working constantly in touch with the American Diabetes Association, they've increased the amount of uh, protein mm. uh, for diabetics, right? Uh, a recommended amount of protein for diabetics have increased. Uh, there was a joint paper published probably last year. Um, besides that, I think ICMR has started coming out and talking about the importance of protein and diets. Um, we have a long way to go, but I think it is a good start. And uh, just that people need to become more and more vocal about the importance of protein in their everyday diet. Remove the notion from your mind that protein is only for building muscles. Right. You know, protein is for everybody. Everybody needs protein. Your kids, adult, moms, daddy, your grandma, nani. your grandpa, everyone yes, needs grandma, it. grandpa, everybody needs protein. Right. And protein might not extend your lifespan, but the absence of protein is 100% going to reduce your lifespan. That's for sure. That's a very important takeaway that we end this episode with. Don't be afraid of protein. Have your protein, have your eggs, have your soya, have your paneer. Just make sure that you have enough protein in your diet and that really is the key to a long and healthy life. Maybe not a long life, but certainly a healthy life. JC, thanks once again for this enlightening episode. Thank you. And we'll be back next week with yet another episode of the Fitter Podcast. Thank you.